How many times do we get stuck or thrown in the pit when we're grieving? The number for me was too many to keep up with. Sometimes being stuck was my excuse to do nothing, and then getting out of it was hard. The times I did take action, the times I pushed beyond my emotions, they were the times I was less stuck and the pit was less deep. There will be times that you don't care about healing, you don't care about anything else that's going on because you just can't act, and that's normal. But there are, if we're honest, there are many other times that we don't act because it's too hard. God has given you the power to act when it's too hard, but we don't always allow him to take over. In this episode, I talk about getting stuck in grief and three ways or tips to help you while you're there and more importantly, to help you not stay there. You, my friend, are a warrior You are a conqueror. Let's get started. Hey friend, welcome to the Grief to Great Day podcast. Do you feel like you're going crazy? Is the shower the only place for you to really cry? Are you surrounded by people, but you still feel all alone? Do you want to be the you you were before your loved one died, but you have no idea how to get there? I'm Steph Cabanis, Southern by choice, wife, turtle triathlete, Jesus follower, and fellow traveler in the journey of grief. I too struggled to breathe, questioned God and my faith, and thought I would never be happy again. But God took my brokenness and he turned it into a breakthrough. So if you're ready to understand how to navigate grief, lean into your faith, and take just one step towards healing, then bring your ugly cry, get into a comfortable place, even if that's your bed right now, and let the healing begin. Girl, there's hope for your future. Come on in the house and join me on that couch. I'm Steph, and this is Grief to Great Day. Thank you for being here. I want you to feel welcomed and heard through this podcast. A big hey to everyone listening in Canada, our northern neighbor, and spotlight country this week. And I just don't know what to do with the state of California as they once again remain at the top with the most downloads. This month alone, people are downloading this podcast in over 45 U.S. states and 24 countries worldwide. I hope this is a reminder to you that you are not alone as you walk through this thing called grief. And as you walk through grief, you know, there's no real handbook on how to do it because the loss is very individual. And following prescribed steps or trying to figure out what stage you're in doesn't help much in a practical sense. However, there is definitely work or actions that have to be taken. When your world has flipped, the first action is knowing what end is up. Knowing the direction to walk in and walk away from, they are crucial. Y'all, grief ain't no joke because it's life-changing. The question is what kind of change will it make in your life? Will you be better for it or bitter? Will you be more grateful or more resentful? And what you do when you feel stuck in grief and pain is important because it either takes you towards better and grateful or bitter and resentful. Before you lost your loved one, were there ever days that you just felt kind of like, eh, blah, 
for no reason that you could identify, but you were more tired than energetic and being nice was an effort. I've kind of felt that way this week because I finally went back to being plant-based. And when I did it years ago, we called it vegan, but I'm happy to be getting back my health, to lose the weight and to be that crazy health nut I used to be called. Do you know it's taken 12 years to get back to this point? In reading that book from Tony Evans that I mentioned, I think it was last week, he made a statement that created a really good visual for me. So think about a train. The engine of the train pulls the train and the caboose is the last car and it's being pulled by the train. Our emotions, they need to be the caboose and not the engine. The caboose plays an important role, but it should not lead the train. So in my case, I've not always pushed when I could have. I've not always allowed what I know to do to be the thing I actually do. And I share this to ask you to do your grief walk differently so you can heal in a healthy way from grief without adding years to the journey. There is a time for rest, lots of it. There is a time for you to give yourself grace, a lot of grace. And there is a time for you to push. In your normal life, before you lost your loved one, I'm sure there were tough days because of work or personal pressures, something someone said or did or a situation that was just frustrating. All those things now in grief are amplified and overwhelming. So don't expect for other life issues to not happen now that you're grieving because life won't stop for our grief. I actually thought it should. <laughs> I thought my car shouldn't break down. My roof shouldn't leak. Everyone should be more helpful than hurtful because when those things happened, it made my grief so much bigger again. When those things happened, they threw me in the pit again because I was fragile. So that's the first tip. You're fragile. Remember, every day wasn't awesome before your loss. So understand that things now will just be amplified. When you do get thrown in the pit again, acknowledge that you are there, but be specific as to why. That's the second tip. When we had a bad storm a couple months after Monica died, there was a leak on the ceiling. I freaked out in dramatic form. And that's not even who I am. <laughs> when I saw the brown spot on the popcorn ceiling, I got myself back on the couch and I just cried because I couldn't handle one more thing. Then I remembered something negative someone said to me. Then I took it back to my childhood and the fact that my mother really wasn't a mother. Man, why did I have to be her child? Why, God, why? And in an instant, I was a hot mess. I stayed on that couch the entire day and felt exhausted by the time <laughs> I went back to bed. I didn't call the insurance company or anyone to come fix it because honestly, I was fine if the whole house fell in on me. The third tip is think about one thing you can do right now while you're in the pit in this moment to make things better. Let's use me as an example when the ceiling leaked. I took the easy way out and I did nothing but make it worse. If I had just called the insurance company 
it might have helped to not only get the process started, but also to talk to somebody. I could have put it off for a day, but then got myself dressed and just gone for a ride or a walk or even sat on the porch. Any of those little things could have changed the moment, the hour, and the day. I could have played with the dogs, but I was too mad at God about everything, and I didn't ever see life being different. Now, this is when you know it's pity on top of pain. Life had been hard, yes, but then life had also been wonderful. I allowed the pain of grief to be louder than the one who created me. And I certainly wasn't going to pray or read the Bible that day. <laughs> but if I had just gone for a ride in the car, I could have sung. So don't discount the little things when you're in the pit. Don't try to do or fix everything. Just take the next best one healing step. These three tips are important because when you're stuck in grief, in the pit of pain and self-pity, please remember what you do is important in that moment because what you feed grows. So a moment can turn into a day, a couple of days, a week, a month, a habit, and a new behavior. Your decisions, as weak as you feel in doing them, matter and they make a difference. There will be a lot of things you don't want to do, but in doing them, you are taking important steps towards healing. Every time you take those painful, ugly, slow, and what you feel as inconsequential steps, you are conquering the pit, you are conquering being stuck, and you're healing. So to recap the three tips, acknowledge where you are and why. Deal only with the grief aspect of your life right now, not all the junk from before. Number two, remember that every day isn't awesome and happy in regular life. So don't be surprised when stuff happens. Number three, think about the one thing you can do right now and do it. If you can't go meet friends or go to a party you were invited to, or go to a church function, well then don't feel bad about it. It's fine, don't go. But do think about the one thing you can do instead of staying in the bed or on the couch. Change your scenery at the very least. Go for a drive, turn on Christian music, something. I don't know, walk the dog or walk out in the yard. Did you do your non-negotiable today? Wait, do you have a non-negotiable? If not, well, there's an easy one thing you can do. You can create a non-negotiable for every day. It can be from limiting time in the bed or watching TV to taking a shower to praying or being in the word. And that takes me to our word for the week. It's Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. See, God is with you as you take these ugly actions. You don't have to do it alone. And don't forget that God loved me when I was angry with him. He loved me as I sat on the couch all day. And he didn't love me anymore when I started trusting him. Whatever you are doing or not doing, 
It doesn't change how God loves you. Now, your journey works. Number one, remember every day before grief wasn't good and you're dealing with so much more now. You're fragile. So don't get frustrated when you feel like things aren't ever going to change because they will. Number two, deal with the grief aspect of your life right now only, not anger or bitterness from other life disappointments. Number three, do what you can do. There's got to be one thing you can do right now. If you can't run, you walk. If you can't walk, you crawl. And it doesn't matter where you are. You're still making forward progress. Do your non-negotiable or create one today. Now, here are some other options to help you. You can join the private Facebook group. You can purchase the What to Do After the Loss of a Loved One workshop. You can schedule a grief coaching session. And you can come to church with me. Well, not literally. But if you don't have a church home, visit my church, opendoorchurch.com. Links to everything you need are in the show notes. In the meantime, remember who holds your future. And keep on coming back to the house, keep sitting on the couch, and keep taking steps, however small or slow or ugly, towards your healing. If you want more information on the workshop, continue to listen now. Your search for, what do I do now? It's over. If your loved one has just died and you feel like you're in the twilight zone and you don't know what to do, this is the workshop you need. What's just happened to you is surreal and the world can feel upside down. Getting through the day is hard enough, but knowing where to find help for what you're going through should not add to the overwhelm. Don't be frustrated searching for help and then do nothing. Mindless internet searches and the quotes on loss, the ones that make you nod in agreement, may provide momentary relief. But don't you want to truly heal? I know you'd rather stay in bed, but time alone does not heal all wounds. What you do with the time, that is what will determine your destination. I know you've thought, I never knew it would be this hard. But you don't know what role you play in your healing process. So in this workshop, you'll discover the most important actions to take in the confusing first days, weeks, and months of grief when the world has flipped and you're still in a fog. So think about this. What if you knew the next best step to take right now as you're forced to live life without your loved one? What if you knew the destructive actions to avoid and why? What if you didn't need to sort through the list of try this or read that from well-meaning friends and family who haven't been through loss? What if you knew someone who saw the warrior rising within you while understanding the endless tears and pain you fight against every day? What if you could build your faith instead of distancing yourself from God as you process the whys, the what-ifs, and the endless questioning? And what if you had help to live when you can't imagine life without them? Now, there are four actions to take, and the workshop walks you through each of them. They are, action one, pursue God. The power, it's not in religion. It's in the relationship. Action two, understand grief. Grief will affect you physically, spiritually, and emotionally in ways you never imagined. Action three, process daily life. 
the daily grind, that's where the battles are won. Action four, seek support. There's a lot of choices for support, both in person and online, but not in alignment with your Christian values. Do not wait to walk toward healing. Become empowered, not overwhelmed. I know everything else is confusing right now. This won't be. You're going to receive lifetime access to the workshop, a private Facebook group, six bonuses including audio and written downloads, meditation cards, and discounts. So if you're ready to finally take God-focused, healthy action, get rid of the overwhelm, the wishing and the wanting to get better, this this is the place to start. I know what it's like to watch someone you love die, to sit in a corner and to scream, be angry with God and to hurt so bad you can't even describe it. I've experienced the kind of loss that takes your breath away. I've fought the endless tears and felt like a failure when I couldn't hold it together in church or as I ran out of the grocery store. There's hope and help. You can heal and get to the point that you're ready to create a life for yourself. And if that sounds far away or even impossible, then you're in the right place. God gave me the heart and the passion to help you walk through the hardest moments. You need to know there's life on the other side of grief. Maybe you can't even breathe right now, and the thought of laughing or being happy again seems unrealistic. Your world has been turned upside down, but you can survive and even thrive. You will breathe, laugh, and live again. The healing you want is real, and it's within your reach. And this is where you start. Take faith-based action for your healing. Go to grief2greatday.com, grief2greatday.com. Click on Work With Me and scroll to Workshop to purchase today. Look, there's a money-back guarantee, so there's nothing to lose, but there is help and hope to gain. Don't delay. Thank you for being here today, for showing up. If this podcast has given you hope, encouragement, or helped you in any way, share it with a friend, either in a text or on your social platforms. Also, please subscribe, rate, and leave a written review on iTunes. It's a huge blessing for me to know that you're out there. Lastly, and this is important, you are not alone. Connect with me on the Grief to Great Day website, the link is below, and sign up for our free newsletters. I want to be able to pray for you by name. Remember, grief isn't something you're going to get over, but a great day is something you can get to.